Good morning, everyone. Good morning, and welcome back to the Porsche Cool Podcast, the podcast where we talk about or chat about all things Porsche. Uh, my name is Michael Bath. If you don't know already, uh, this is episode thirty. We're up to episode thirty. Uh, I'm joined by Steve. Uh, hi, Steve. Howdy. Howdy. Morning. Uh, you're very Morning soft you. there, Steve. You want to talk up just a fraction? Can Can you? Yeah, hear I can now. It's very very soft. Um, So Steve's been part of this podcast since I can't remember what episode. I think it was about six episodes ago, seven episodes ago. It's quite a long time now. Mm. I was going to check that before we started, Steve, but I forgot. Um, Steve, if you don't know already, Steve is in Sydney. Uh, He is based in Sydney. He owns a GT3 and he's previously owned a 964 and a 993 Carrera, Carrera 4 in the 964. Uh, This podcast, we're doing it by Zoom, as we always do due to the location. I'm in London uh, those of you who know me, I know that I'm actually living in Bahrain, but I'm in London at the moment. And we are doing this by Zoom and we're recording by Zoom. We're trying something different today. We're going to record it on GarageBand and see if the sound quality is better than the Zoom recording. Uh, I know I've had a couple of people say that on Steve's end it's a bit soft uh, and I know I peek out a bit. So I'm going to try and fix that with today's recording. But that's the technical side of it. Um, what's been happening, Steve? Did you go for It'll still be mm-hmm. me. That'll still be me. I am a low talker and I'm on No, that's good. That's much better. I can hear you now. If I can hear you, everyone else oh, can hear you. Cool. Um, so, yeah, did you go for any drives during the week? I was going to go down south. I was going to go down to the National Park where we sort of normally go, except um, baby woke up twice and I was wrecked by the time it was sort of, you know, a good time to go. So I just kind of aborted. And then later in the day, I just sort of went for... 40-minute drive just um, sort of uh, the eastern suburbs um, down New South Ed Road, which was okay. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. No, that's, a, that's, a, that's still a good drive. That's still a fun drive. Yeah, not fun enough. Um, so hopefully, I, hopefully I'll kind of get drive to. Yeah, the drive up through Vaucluse, if people don't know Sydney, it goes up sort of like up the hill and it's sort of there's windy bits and you can go in inside the residential area and it's quite narrow roads. Hmm. I usually do that. Um, I do that uh, late in the evening. I've done it a few times late in the evening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is actually probably the better time to do it because the traffic is too big, too bad during the other parts of the day. Um, so over the weekend, which you know, um, I went to, uh, I met up with a fellow Porsche enthusiast in the UK. Uh, Nick. Uh, Nick's a Porsche lover. He's also a watch guy. Uh, he has a 2006 black uh, Porsche Carrera 4S. Uh, really, really nicely optioned. Uh, it has the has the leather dashboard, Steve. It has yeah. uh, Porsche sports exhaust. It has... Uh, Nick showed me the whole list of options. There's a lot of options. It's actually the guy that... One of the original owners actually has the original price list. Right. And he'd actually highlighted all the options that were on the car. Is he the so second owner? So it's quite owner? cool. So you can see... Uh? Is he the second owner? Is Nick uh, the second No, owner? I think he's... I forget which number. I think a few people have owned it. I can't remember what number it is. Not second. It could be the fourth or something. Do you know how long he's had it? But um, uh, he's had it for about two years, I think he said. Oh, yeah, cool. But he bought it from a Porsche uh, specialist here in the UK. Yeah. Um, I won't mention the name of it, but he bought it from a Porsche specialist in the UK that advertises all the time in um, the magazines, in the Porsche magazines. Um, But it's in really, really nice condition. Uh, Of course, it's the 4S, so it has the wide rear. Um, I haven't really touched on that with everyone today to let everyone know what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about 
We're going to talk about the purest choice, I guess. We're going to talk about the Carrera 4S. We're going to talk about the Carrera 2. We're not going to get too technical. Uh, we're never too technical on this <laughs> podcast. We just like to chat about things. No. Um, uh, sometimes we think we ramble on this podcast, but, you know, we've, we've listened to a few other Porsche <laughs> podcasts during the week. And, and really, really, we, I think we're a little bit hard on ourselves because we're not that bad. Uh, I'm not going to mention the names of those other podcasts, <laughs> but uh, a few of them are... A little bit hard to listen to. So hopefully we're not that hard to listen to, Steve. Can I just sing out too? Um, I felt really bad in the last one about my just shit-ass explanation of um, the DCS controller. And then... Yeah, did you see... Yeah, I went onto your YouTube channel. Sorry, did you see the guy on YouTube that answered it? Yeah, and he kind of... That was a great explanation. How come you you couldn't explain it like that? Because I'm an idiot. But whoever (laughs) you're... Whoever your viewer is that kind of explained it in four sentences is like, yeah, cool. I wish I sort of said it that way. But um, the, uh, the, the good thing about it, because when I listened back to the podcast was um, the point to it was it's worth getting. So, um, you know, it makes a noticeable difference. Yeah, and I think, I think that's what his comment was, right? Yeah. It was actually um, he said it was worth getting. Yep. Um, and I think that's 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 all it needed, and it helped. I mean, it was a good help. I, I think I I did actually answer the comment, and I said it was a good help. Yeah. Um, you didn't make out like you were explaining it properly anyway. You you said in in sort of no. layman's terms what it was. I could, correct. I could tell I was fumbling, but anyway, all good. No, you weren't really fumbling. I think you actually explained it, but he probably just went a little bit further, which was good. It's always good to get that feedback. It's always good to get that answers because a lot of people want to know this information and. You know, as we said before, you go to the Porsche forums, you go to Renlist or you go to Piston Heads and trying to find this information sometimes. Like, you know, I like the forums, but going through all these these threads trying to find the information you want sometimes is very tiring, especially when everything, you know, differs depend, depending on who's talking about it. Yeah. Um, so it's always good to get the information. Um, yeah, so I met up with Nick. Uh, he came here uh, to the flat here and uh, we went for a drive on Sunday, 9 o'clock on Sunday. 9 o'clock? Uh, we went down to Goodwood. Uh, and which was nice actually because I'd never been to Goodwood, the Goodwood estate before. How, um, how, so how far is that from London? I can't tell you exactly how far it is. I think it's a couple of hours. Right. Uh, Nick went on a few different roads and we sort of went off onto sort of more of back roads and whatever. Some were in like some were in disrepair, like they were fixing them. So we, we sort of went back onto roads that were a little bit better. Yeah. But it's a few hours drive. Yeah. Um, it's down. Uh, it's down southeast England. Right. Uh, Goodwood's in. Um, I think it's in West. West Sussex, don't quote me on that, but I think it's in West Sussex. Um, and it's part of the Goodwood Estate. Uh, everyone knows the Goodwood Estate. The Goodwood Estate is famous for the Festival of Speed, which is on every year. Um, and the Goodwood Estate is is part of the, um, what's his name? Uh, Duke of Richmond, I think. Duke of Richmond. Mm-hmm. I hope that's right. I think it's right. Um, but it's a really nice place. I mean, if, you, if you're coming to the UK and you want to go somewhere for a, like a drive uh, or, you know, just go outside of London for a little bit, it's actually really nice. I mean... Like I said, they've got the motorsports side of it. Uh, the estate has golf courses. Uh, it has health clubs. It has hotels all around Goodwood. Uh, restaurants. I mean, we had lunch at a place called uh, The Kennels. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something to do with dogs. I can't remember what it was. I think it used to be a kennel or had something to do with... Maybe it was to do with hunting or something. Yeah, right. Uh, Nick's probably laughing when I'm saying this because I can't really remember what it was. I should have looked it up. <laughs> uh, and then on the, way that, on the way there, you go past the race course. The race course is pretty amazing, actually. The Goodwood race course is, is it's pretty beautiful down there. In, I mean, it's a very beautiful part of England. It's very traditional, Steve, you know? Yeah, right. Uh, you mean horse racing when you say... Horse racing, yeah. yeah horse right. racing, sorry. Yep. And that's, you know, the Duke of Richmond's... I think the original Duke of Richmond set it up in the 1800s or something I read mm. when I was doing a bit of research. It sounds like um, Festival of Speed would be 
pretty much one of the best things for a car not to kind of go and attend. It looks amazing when you sort yeah. of see the um, the little short track and like all the displays and all of that sort of stuff. It's just become one of those sorts of sort of um, full on events where like all the all the brands kind of launch all their amazing cars and singer goes mm. there all the time, etc. Um, I'd love to yeah, go. Yeah, no, it'd be a great thing to go to. And hopefully next year, I don't think it was on this year, was it, because of they, um, COVID-19? They cancelled the actual proper one, but are they doing, they're doing sort of like a truncated version or something? I think it might be sort of... Are they? Yeah, I think so, but it might not be open to the public. I think it might be maybe um, sort of broadcast and no doubt it's to help facilitate sort of car brands, but... That's a guess. I don't know. I mean, it's a good thing. I mean, he opens up his estate to the to the Festival of Speed. Lord you know what I mean? March? Like he opens up parts of it. Is it hmm? Lord March or something like that? Duke of Richmond. Yeah. I don't know what his name is. I, I was just told it was the Duke of Richmond, so I'm going to keep quoting that. Just, Hopefully that's right. Just call him Sir, Your Honour. Duke of Richmond. That's what it is. Um, but I guess this, uh, so that's what we did on, that's what I did on Sunday with Nick. Mm. And we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the Carrera 4S. We're going to talk about the Carrera 4, I should say, or 4S, uh, like what Nick has. Mm. Um you didn't drive though, and did I you? And I guess we're... we're uh? You didn't drive though, did you? I didn't drive, no. I didn't drive. Uh, Nick actually offered for me to drive and I politely declined. I mean, I'm not keen on, you know me, I'm not really... Mm-hmm. I only, as I said to Nick, I only drove your GT3, you know, after you owning it for six years, like a year ago. So <laughs> yeah, Don't. So it takes me time to get confident in other people's cars. I, I'm just not... I just never like driving other people's cars. I always and, feel bad. And Nick, if you're listening, it's, it's him, not you. <laughs> Yeah, it is. I've got some kind of weird hang-up with that. Yeah, it took like I've always got it. five years. I don't think you've driven any of my other cars as well. No, no, I didn't. Yeah. I don't know why. Crazy. Yeah. Um, so that was Sunday. Um, so we're just going to lead in. That was just, I, I won't talk, I think there's nothing else to talk about there, but it was really good. We had lunch at the Kennels. The lunch was really good. Nice English lunch. Of course, it was raining. Um, the, the sunny weather has gone insane that it's sunny here in London today, but it was uh, it was a bit of a wet day, but mm. didn't take away from the fun of it. It was really good fun. Uh, long drive, full day, uh, you know, full day out. So it was good. Yeah, cool. So I guess leading into that is that, and as I said to you earlier, Steve, is that uh, you probably will start to get them, but I get a lot of questions. I get a lot of DMs on Instagram. That's where my Instagram is working. They've actually blocked me out of my Instagram at the moment because they think I'm a bot. So... I can't use it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Last night they locked me out. That's weird. Told me I was a bit, uh, that I was using a paid service to get followers. I was like, no, I'm not. Oh, that's weird. Um, but anyway, um, so I get a lot of DMs from from people who was just starting their search to buy a Porsche. Yep. Um, luckily, I had uh, at the time I had you, so I was asking you lots of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess people don't always have a lot of friends that have the cars. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. So they always reach out to people who are, I guess, more on social and stuff that are that have gone through the process and they ask you questions about it. Yep. And I guess the common questions that come up, as you know, would be Carrera 2, Carrera 4, yep. S, non-S, uh, 997.1 or 997.2 or forget 997 altogether and go to 991. But usually it's 997.1, 997.2 because yep. people know that I have a 997. Yep. And I guess I guess the first hurdle to pass, I guess, is, is do you want a C2 or do you want a C4? Do you think? And what's your standard answer? I usually say the one that you find that you, you know, that if you find a good C4, I wouldn't turn it down. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Did and my preference is a C2, but I say if you find a good one mm-hmm. and it feels right and, you know, it's got everything you want. I think I think being in Nick's car is, is that you realise that it really is nice when a car is well optioned. Do you know what I mean? Yep. It really does. And I don't think you need all the leather parts, but to have the leather dashboard like, like you do in your GT3, to have the leather dashboard, yep. to have the, the, the Porsche sports exhaust and to have the PASM, 
you know, and I think Carrera 4S has come stand. I think they come standard with Pazin, or maybe it's an option. But to have that, those little things, I think it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I don't know. I don't. So I was going to say I don't have a great deal of experience with um, the sort of four wheel drive versus rear wheel drive um, models. But then my uncle actually had a, it wasn't a 4S, it was a 4. So it was a 997.2 Carrera 4. Um, but admittedly, I didn't get to drive it all that much. And I think it was also, um, it was a PDK, it was the first generation PDK. And I always sort of find that sort of to be the kind of dominating feature, if you know what I mean, in terms of the experience. Like I always just kind of, as soon as I jump mm. in a PDK car, I find that bit sort of um, more noticeable than anything else because I'm just not used Actually, to Actually, I probably just left out the main the main thing that people ask me as well, mm. like manual or manual or PDK, oh, manual okay. or, I mean, when it comes to the point one, it's Tiptronic and it's buttons on the steering wheel. So, yeah. you know, you definitely go manual yeah so you definitely go stick yeah yeah but let's just let's just touch on the Carrera 4 right because I've read a couple of things this morning I did a little bit of research before this not a lot so you know as I said to you the Carrera 4 um there was a there's an article about it when it came out in 2006 2006 Carrera 4s Mm -hmm. Walter Roll apparently was quoted as saying you know to describe the driving dynamics of the new Carrera 4 and he said it's like it's like it's like a train cornering as if it's on rails Mm -hmm. and I think that's that's pretty much the key point right you are getting more grip, uh, you are getting more traction, you are probably getting more security. Mm-hmm. Now, Walter Roll commenting on that, as we know, he's a world rally champion, uh, Monte Carlo rally winner. So, you know, he's, he's a bit of a fan of the all-wheel drive system. Yeah. So, And he was a mad, because um, he was a rally champion and he was sort of like one of the sort of champions of um, Quattro, basically, which, you know, so I guess you'd, you'd never kind of get Walter Roll kind of kakaring, um sort of like four-wheel drive as in principle in terms of as a technology or, you know, a, a sort of basic kind of um, characteristic, I suppose. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think if you were looking at a C4 and you read that, you go, okay, Walter Roll likes it. Mm. You know, that's a good positive. You know what I mean? It's a positive. If you go to the forums, and I just want to touch on this, and I'm not I'm not going to bag the Carrera 4 because I don't think there's anything wrong with Carrera 4 or 4S. For, for my preference, as most people know, I prefer the C2. Um, that's just my preference. I haven't really driven a, a C4. Uh, like I said, I can't really remember yours, how it handled compared to the, you know, your 964 Carrera 4, how it handled. But mm-hmm. I have been in Nix, which I'll just touch on and how I, what the differences I felt as a passenger, mm-hmm. because I have been a passenger in a 997, both in a GT3 and, and in my car. Mm-hmm. So I do sort of know the feeling as, as a passenger sitting in the seat and, and on a narrow road, on a bumpy road and how it feels. Mm-hmm. But before we get to that... Um, I just think, you know, that if you go to the forums and you're looking for a, a 911 and you want to buy a 997 and you go on the forums, the problem is you're going to come across the bad points. Huh? And there's there's bad points that are, that are, that are quite a uh, common thread through most of these forums. Mm-hmm. Um, now, tell me if you think these are wrong, Steve, but the main bad points for the nine, for the Carrera 4 or four-wheel drive system in a 911 is one, it has heavier steering, yep. slightly heavier steering. Yep. Do you think that's true? I reckon that's true, yep. Uh, it has less feel... And more understeer. Yep. Now, I'm not sure because I haven't driven a C4, so I don't know. I reckon that's true too, but um, I have to kind of caveat with my experience of a C4 is a 964. Then I was in a rear-wheel drive like a normal Carrera 2 993. So there's a generation difference. It's not like it's the same kind of car in two-wheel drive versus rear-wheel drive, but 
both those both those points that you made were um, definitely prevalent. Okay. And then the other thing is fuel economy, but really, who cares, who cares? about fuel yeah. economy if you've got a 911? Yeah. You don't really care. So I think that's that point is mute. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Tire wear is greater. And I think when they say tire wear is greater, it's not really the rear tires, it's the front tires. And you'll find that your front tires you might need to replace sooner on a C4 than you would on a C2. I put that in the who cares basket as well, because I think if you... Who know, cares basket? But it's possibly true, right? I don't know if you remember, but it's possibly... But how much greater wear, you know? Yeah. You've got to, you to replace your tyres one month before, three months before. I think we touched on it in the previous podcast too. Like your rears are always going to wear way quicker than anything else because all the weight's at the back anyway. So so yeah. what if, you're, if your fronts kind of wear only sort of don't last quite as long in a four-wheel drive? I think that's sort of a bit weird. But, yeah. yeah. Just going back to the comments at YouTube as well. Did you see the comments? There was a comment from Nicholas. Uh, Nicholas is in Melbourne. He owns a 991 uh 901 Carrera now no, uh, he used to own a GT3 um, he had a white GT3 actually like yours and he used to do track days on it yep. and he made a point about the tyres and the, and the upkeep as well that was another comment which was a really good comment actually on the, yep. on the video version of the podcast this podcast I put up on YouTube and, and these are the comments I'm, I'm, we're quoting from that uh, from when I put it onto YouTube but he actually had some good points about the GT3 if you haven't seen it I didn't read that I don't read the first one all right, so the other thing that always comes up in the forums is uh, resale. Uh, I don't know if there's much of a difference. Um, they always say the purists will use the purist thing. I hate that purist argument, yep. but purists yep. prefer the C2. Yep. I read something that people who are new to the 911, uh, new to the 911, prefer the C4. Now, you know, how do you prove this? I don't know if you can prove it, but new to the C4 prefer to this, prefer the C4 and because of the uh, extra assistance and the... Yep. And that it gives you because you're coming into 911 you think it's a bit you know tail happy i guess yep. because it's you know yep. the engines in the back and you're not sure about it so you buy a c4 to get that little bit of extra security, assistance yeah, or confidence yep. security yeah the confidence gives you a little bit more confidence as a new 911 driver yep. um i also read that the sales for the 997 i don't know if it was 997 i don't know what generation it was i read something on one of the motoring um, blogs mm-hmm that they said that the C4 sales um, are very strong. Carrera, Carrera 4 sales are, are close to Carrera 2 sales. They're not that uh, misadjusted, misaligned. Um, you think that's true? I Well, I have no idea. Um, let me get it straight. So you're talking 997. Because you can get in the 997 an S model, whether it's a 2S or a 4S. Um, they're both wide bodies, right? 2S isn't. You sure? Yep. Because I reckon that might account for part of the reason why sales. So if if like in a 993 to kind of, apart from the very, very last sort of special edition run out sort of 2S, um, the only way you could get yourself into a wide body was to buy a turbo or um, the 4S. And because the wide ass sort of looks, you know, subjective, yes, but looks so much better, that could be the reason why the numbers might stack that way. I don't know whether or not people are kind of buying it for the four-wheel drive, but like I'm talking out my ass because that's purely speculative, I guess. But yeah, no, no. Um, the C2S is a narrow body. The Carrera, the 997. If we're talking 997, yep. the C2S is a narrow body. So the only one you could get in a wide body was the turbo or the um, yep. 4S, right? So if the numbers are sort of, if if what you read was um, the C4S sold in kind of pretty large numbers. Maybe that's skewed by the fact that it was wide body as well. Like a lot of people prefer the looks of the 
um, re like really wide re haunches. I mean, I, I actually told the story to Nick when I when I saw him on Sunday. Mm. You know, I remember when the '06 when the Carrera Forest came out, yep. and I remember seeing it in Paddington uh, in Sydney, and I remember seeing it in one of the back lanes there in Paddington, yep. um, behind the main road. And they're quite narrow streets, as you know. And I saw a black, an actual black C4S and it was brand new mm-hmm. and it looked so wide yeah. and there was something really appealing about it. And I probably, at that time, I didn't know so much between, you know, the, the, you know, the C2, C4 debate or whatever. It was just that as a purely visual thing, it looked absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And seeing Nick's car, you know, his 997.1, you know, it does, it looks, it looks amazing. And it took me a little while, Steve, it was kind of weird. I'm sitting in the passenger seat and I'm looking out the window and it looks so familiar at the, re- at the side mirror. And it looks so familiar. Yep. But then you see the rear and it's like, wow, it's, it really is a lot it's wider. wider. It really yeah. is a lot wider and does look, you know, it gives you a whole different feeling. It's like being in your car and seeing the, seeing the uh, roll cage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. You look through that window and you see the rear haunches and they're like, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah. know? Yeah. So anyway, that, that, you know, they're the common things discussed on forums. Uh, like I said, C4 sales are strong. And I think Steve's right. I think it's because, you know, 997, it was a wide body and people didn't want to, people liked the idea of the wide body. It looked cool. Um, as we know now, the 992 only comes in and uh, only is not wide body. There's no narrow body yeah. uh, 911s now yep. in the new generation. Uh, maybe that's why they did that. I don't know why they did it. Always really con- kind of confusing in terms of, sorry, I'm kind of skewing your conversation, but the whole kind of narrow versus wide body thing, like they seem to, and that's sort of why I got, a tiny bit confused as well because year to year they sort of changed their minds as to which which models were four-wheel drive which ones were sort of narrow versus wide body as well so it's sort of weird like for example why is why is the current targa only in four-wheel drive i don't actually really understand the rationale behind that i think it's the due to the weight isn't it but then I don't understand because the Targa weighs more, right? Yeah. Like they're saying the 992 Targa, it weighs a lot more. Then you put a four-wheel drive system in it and it weighs even more. Even more. Yeah. So you're putting on all this weight. And I did. I watched a couple of those, um, the common people doing the drives in the yep. 992 Targa, the new, the new 992 Targa, Matt Farah and a few other people. Yeah. And I think Matt Farah's comment was, he said, you know, it's a great car. It really is great. But the extra weight, the extra weight and all of that, he said, you're probably better to go with a convertible if you want an open top. You know what I mean? Why do you want to go to all this fuss and having a, yeah, it's all this extra weight? Because yeah. it is a lot more weight than the, than the basic convertible. And basically the roof inside is pretty much like the new convertible because they've fixed the inside of the lining. You know, it's double insulated yeah, yeah. and it's it feels quite hard now. You know what I mean? Yeah. The convertibles. And I think he's right. I think that, that Porsche has actually really refined the convertible and that top. Like that top's amazing. And I really like the look of the Targa. I do. Um, but this thing that keeps coming up in all these test drives that people are doing of it, they're just always talking about the weight. Mm. Like it must feel a lot heavier. Well, see, and so, again, my opinion of uh, rear-wheel drive versus four-wheel drive is slightly kind of weird because it's my experience of a 964 versus a 993. But um, four-wheel drive definitely does feel heavier. And, you know, like um, go back, a little bit further from that so in my kind of car history um prior to owning porsches um i had a wrx and i had an audi s3 so i had uh, i've had sort of rear-wheel drive cars i've had four-wheel drive cars i've had front-wheel drive um cars as well and in principle um when the front the front wheels are also kind of driven it does kind of it does have a different feeling and um, 
hard to describe with words again, but um, to me it does have more of a feeling of weight in it. Like that sort of security is also kind of like weightiness and it does kind of corrupt the steering a little bit to kind of have the front wheels um, driven. So I don't, I think it's not, it's, it's a fairly valid thing to kind of say that um, the feeling is different. And then I suppose you kind of compound that um, with the fact that steering feel is a very um, sensitive kind of topic for 911 drivers because that's a big reason why you know you kind of get in the 911 like all the weights yes. at the rear you kind of have that sort of lighter front end it's supposed to be a bit more sensitive blah 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 blah. so mm-hmm. by altering a little bit by kind of opting for a four-wheel um a four four-wheel driven kind of car um it does i i, I kind of can see where um people are kind of coming from like i don't think necessarily um i kind of come at it from the purest point of view like you were sort of describing before but again i suppose if you ask me or if i was kind of helping another mate um get into a 911 i'd probably kind of go well look if you can find yourself um the two-wheel drive unless you're in a very rainy climate or a snowy climate or whatever else um uh I'd probably kind of opt for a rear-wheel drive, I suppose. I think that's a that's a good point, actually. I mean, it's not about purist or non-purist. I mean, you know, I don't I don't think I'm a purist. You don't think you're a purist, really. really. I mean, I, I don't know about that argument, but mm. it's it's about location. It's about where you live. I think where you live decides where you know if you buy it. And you know, in Europe, obviously, you see a lot of Carrera Forests. In the UK, you see a lot of Carrera Forests. Even on Sunday, you know, we followed a, you know, a we were following a convertible nine 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 seven on the on the freeway mm. on the motorway um, Carrera Four S. So there's a lot more Carrera Four S's, and I think there's still a lot in Sydney. Actually, you do see a lot. You do see a lot, but yeah, and but I think people buy it. I think people do buy it because of the visual. I think a lot of these people maybe they've got an automatic. They're not even a manual, but they're you know they're they're just driving it for the visual. Did Nick, but the thing is, I think it's in. It, sorry, did Nick um, seek? Was he deliberately seeking a four wheel drive? Do you know? I don't think he was. Better off just getting him on this podcast rather than me. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't. I don't think he was. Uh, I hope I'm not getting this wrong, Nick. I think he. Um, I think he. He went to this uh, re- reputable um, yeah. boutique sort of dealer of 911s in the UK. Yeah. You know, there's a few. There's you know Paragon. There's 911 Virgin. There's. Yeah. You know, there's a few specialist places. So he bought it from one of those specialist places. Yeah. And I think he just went there, and this one came up, and it was a good one, yep. uh, and he bought it. Yeah, which is I what I would do too. Searching for yeah. a four, yeah, and this is—I think this is what it is. You know what I mean? If you—if you find one and you like it, you know, you should buy what you like. If you like it, you drive it, and it feels great, then buy it. You know, you shouldn't be getting into this C two C four purist kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's a matter of taste. You just buy what you like. Um, I think you with your 964, though, is interesting because you came from the four-wheel drive WRX. You came from the S3, which was mm. which was innovative at the time. It was a new model. You bought the very first model and you bought it new. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. And then you found a 964. So the question is, to people who are listening, did you buy the 964 because of the... Did the Carrera, did the four-wheel drive system deter you at the time? Do you remember thinking about it and saying, mm, I'd rather get the two? Or was it purely because the price was right, or was it purely because it was your first nine eleven? I bought on the car. I didn't even, I didn't even really sort of think about the fact about whether it was um, uh, four wheel drive versus rear wheel drive. And so, like, you got to wind the clock back a lot. Um, but to what I, to what I can sort of remember, to like back in those days, like 
WRX was this kind of massive kind of cult. You know, Colin McRae was flying around in rally stages and all that sort of stuff. Um, I didn't get the absolute first gen. It was sort of like um, the one sort of, it w- would have been like a sort of first generation point two kind of thing. Um, and that was an amazing car. I remember sort of like, and I was pretty young back in, back in those days, I was flying around and um, my memories of that thing was that um, you just couldn't unstick that thing. You, it's like you could not really break for a corner. You could sort of fling it around the corner and it would just stick. And even now when I think about it, it's not like it had the grippiest tyres in the world or the widest tyres. Um, that, that thing was unbelievable. Um, so right. then I went into the S3, which was sort of like a slightly more mature or sophisticated, What or in, uh, this is my kind of perception of it, a sort of more grown-up version of that. Um, I have no idea. Like, I, I suspect in terms of the technicalities of um, the drive split and all of that sort of stuff, it's quite different because it was sort of like a Haldex-type um, transmission. But, um, yes. again, like back in those days, you know, Audi were marketing Quattro, blah, blah, blah. So I think it's just more like back in those days four-wheel drive was this sort of thing where it was almost like a motorsport advantage that people would kind of beat up on. And, you know, I think people, you, you, you sort of generally kind of wore it as a bit of a badge of honour. You'd kind of go, oh, yeah, like, you know, um, particularly in the wet, like I can just sort of drive like I'm driving in the dry. I think I probably yeah. would have said that to, to many people. No, it was a key selling point, oh, right? Yeah, it was Massive. a key selling point to have a Quattro. Huge. Yeah. But... I'd argue that maybe as time's kind of gone on and maybe I'm sort of regurgitating shit that you sort of read in um, car mags or whatever, I reckon that um, tyre technology and um, electronics and all of that sort of stuff kind of make up for it to a degree. So um, tyres are so kind of grippy, traction control, ESP, like, you know, torque vectoring, all of that type of stuff almost kind of compensates for that type of thing. So maybe that's partly why I kind of go, well you know, like in a sort of newer version of all of these kind of forward, forward drive versus two-wheel mm. drive kind of arguments. Maybe that's why sort of two-wheel drive kind of suffices now because there's, like, let's be honest, when when was the last time the tail kind of got loose um, on you when you're 997? Like, I've never, I've never broke traction mm. in my car. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that's a Good point. I think especially when you're in the 992 generation, yeah. and I don't know much about the 992 generation, but with those driving modes that they have with the wet mode, etc., mm. maybe that does negate the fact that you need a 4S. You know what I mean? Yep. Maybe the, the 4S is not as relevant for the 992. Yep. I think in 996 generation and 997, I still think there's an argument for, for buying one. I think people will still buy them. But I think when you get to the 992, you're not getting a wide body, like you said. You're not getting the visual difference. Yep right? You're getting the wide body in every model. Um, You know, the GT3, when it comes out, is even going to be wider. So it's going to be a very wide car. Mm. And with all the driving modes, like you said, and all the technology and the tyre technologies improved since 2006 in 15 years, you know what I mean? You've got... You've got a 911 now that you probably don't need the 4S. You probably, and I think this is what most people, most reviewers, if you've looked at reviews on YouTube and read reviews about the new uh, Carrera, the new Carrera C2S or C4S in the 992, Mm. most people say that the the choice is the Carrera 2S. The Carrera S is the choice. Um, And I think that's, that's probably the reason why, because of the technology. The technology is caught up. 
uh, and become so advanced that people are just looking at that car now. Yeah. So, sorry, I just realized I didn't answer your question. Uh, I got into the 964 because, mainly because it was a really low mileage kind of good good example of um, the 911. It was my first 911 and I didn't really think twice about it. I didn't, I don't, I, from memory, I don't think I even kind of debated the sort of notion of kind of going, oh, hang on a second, maybe I should kind of go and find myself like the rear wheel drive version. It's just like, I was so excited to kind of have found this, you know, um, this 911 that was in like my price range that had really low mileage and was in good condition. It was like, oh yeah, just trade trade the S3 in and jump into this um, sort of 911. Now, if you ask me the same question now that I'm, you know, like 20 years, 20 something years older than I was, um, uh, if I had my time again, would I be less impulsive and sort of considerate? It's like in a 964, yeah, probably in like a 964, I reckon the rear-wheel drive version of that would be far more rewarding. Like I really did enjoy... Mm. the feel of my 993 far far more than the 964 in terms of you could just tell like i i um, i i think i say it every single podcast i'm no race car driver but uh to a layman yeah i think you can sort of feel the difference between the front wheels being driven or, or not and i do think that's kind of like like i was banging on about before i do think that's one of yeah. the defining kind of characteristics of um a 911 yeah. so no, and I think I, I remember there was I was listening, and I'll quote another. Po- I was listening to Spike's Car Radio, and I remember mm. they they were taking questions and answers, and you know you've got to give um, you've got to give Zuckerman some credit. He, they own a lot of Porsches and a lot of 911s. And someone asked the question: C nine six four Carrera two or nine six four Carrera four? And he said, "There's nothing wrong." I found if you heard that episode, he said, "There's nothing wrong with the Carrera four, but the maintenance cost of the Carrera four. There's some." issue with the he reckons there was some issue and i can't remember exactly what it was with the four-wheel drive system and it's quite expensive to repair and he said purely on maintenance costs it was probably a better choice to take the career two but then he also said the career two drove better it was a better better experience but the first point he made a point about was the maintenance cost with this something to do with the four-wheel drive system in the in the 964 carrera four yeah i remember when i had it i think people used to um I think they used to um, disconnect the sort of front drive. I mean, again, like you'd probably never do it because the 964s are so valuable these days, but I think it was a thing as well where you'd sort of, you'd do that. Okay, that's a question I have. Uh, that's a question I have which I could never understand and I probably haven't researched it. Is in the Carrera 4, in the, in the, in the Carrera 4 964, you have that extra dial on the console mm. which changes the settings. Oh, I can't even remember what that was about. You remember that dial? Yeah, I do. It changes the. It does it change the the balance from rear to no. front? Is it is it actually? Are you doing it manually? No. Because there was that setting. There's that extra dial in the little bottom console. I can't remember. It's probably something like even like um with four drivers in Mate, SUVs. I thought you remember this. <laughs> you know how old I am. <laughs> I'm getting so old. I can't I remember. You remember this. I can't even remember how to tie my shoelaces, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, so let's go back. Uh, let's go back to the 997 Carrera 4S, right? Yep. And I just want to just give a bit of a. We'll just go through a few of the features, and I just want to talk about it a little bit because of the fact that I have a Carrera 2 and and you have a uh, you have a GT3, right? Mm-hmm. So, like I said, um, and I hope Nick doesn't mind me mentioning a lot in this podcast, but I, I'm just I'm just going to as reference. I didn't drive his car, right? Mm-hmm. 
But, you know, in the UK, there's, you know, and going down to Goodwood, there's lots of little really nice driving roads. Uh, I guess they're a little bit like Putty Road, mate, but narrower. Yep. It's narrower. Mm-hmm. Like it feels quite narrow in parts. But they've probably got the same sort of finish on the road. So they're a bit up and down, yep. you know, et cetera. Yep. As a passenger, it felt more planted on those roads. I felt like I wasn't being thrown around a lot in the car. I probably should have asked Natasha, though. I probably should have asked Natasha, my wife, what she felt when she's in the car because she said it feels quite, still does feel quite planted in in the Carrera too. But I found like I wasn't, I felt more planted to me and especially at speed, uh, it felt like there was a lot more stability in Nick's Carrera 4S than my Carrera 2, right? And I'm, 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 I'm probably comparing this as a passenger in the car and also a driver, just as how I feel in the seat. Yep. So I guess the C4, uh, the, the four-wheel drive system, the Carrera 4, gives you, like we said before, a little bit of security. Um, and obviously the C2 feels like it's missing a bit of that grip that the C4 has, it seems. Yep. But I guess uh, the Carrera 4, I, I, I don't know, it just felt it just felt more stable. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm explaining it probably, but it felt more stable. It felt like it was more, it definitely felt more planted mm-hmm. to me. It felt more planted. Now that could be because of, and I'm sort of jumping ahead here, but... You know, the, the Carrera 4, the Carrera 4 uh, system in the 997, I did read that it hasn't really changed that much from two generations ago. So apparently the, the 997 uh, system is pretty much what was in the, um, the two generations before it. Now, I don't know whether that's true or not. That was on Motor Trend or Motor oh, World really? or something like so that. So sorry. The, Apparently, the 997 four drive system would be very I'll read, similar I'll read to the quote out. 996 and 993. Yeah, I'll read the quote out. The all-wheel drive system found on the C4 and C4S, this is 997, yep. remains largely unchanged from two generations of 911 ago. So that's 996, 993. Yep. Since its introduction on the 993 model Carrera 4. So the four-wheel drive system must have been upgraded for the 993. It was different to your 964. Yep. And they're saying the 997 was based on upon that system, but but it's lighter on the 997 yep. and it's it's more robust it's a more robust system mm. that was the the main point the caveat of that of that quote um and as the four and people that don't know it already this is the 997 under normal driving conditions uh it transfers just five percent of engine torque to the front wheels if the system detects any rear wheel slip it can shuttle up to 40 percent of the engine's power forward mm-hmm. so in normal driving conditions basically you don't feel anything really that much different but the, in the 997. But there'd be all these kind of extra bits and pieces like the drive shaft, um, so there'd be more weight um, sort of towards yes. the front. Yeah. Um, so the Carrera, the 2006 Carrera 4 4S was the fourth iteration of Porsche's all-wheel drive 911 system. So that's just, just a fact that I read uh, earlier. What else did I want to say? Um, I guess, you know, uh, loose surfaces, I guess you would notice a difference in a Carrera 4 if you took off very fast. I guess, you know, because of the grip and because of the, 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 the drive on the four wheels, you would notice the difference. If you're, like, taking off in stones or something like that, you'd obviously notice that the grip would kick in in the front, yeah. Yep. There is a lot of weight in the four system. In the 997, I mean, these are kind of facts and figures, but I just thought I'd just throw them in there just, just so we can discuss them if we need to. Mm-hmm. There's extra weight. Apparently, I don't have kilos, but it's probably, what, 50, 50 kilos. 110-pound weight penalty yep. for the all-wheel drive system in the, in the 997. Yep. Career four, which I suppose is not insignificant because when you think about, um, you know, every time they release, like even in these this day and age, whenever they release a new car and it's sort of like um, a lightweight kind of special kind of edition, you know, where they kind of 
they drop sound deadening. They kind of put, you know, plastic mm. plastic rather than glass windows and they put like carbon fiber roofs and all of that sort of stuff. Generally, when they're kind of doing that, they're sort of saving 10 kilos here and there, not 50. 50 is, you know. Yeah, I know. So it, it's quite a lot of weight. It is quite a bit um, of weight. And I guess, sorry. Yeah, it is quite a bit of weight. I was going to say the same thing. It's a lot of weight. Yeah. And of course, that's probably why it had bigger brakes for stopping power. Yeah. I mean, it had to have bigger brakes. You need, and I guess this is why you need a Carrera 4 when you've got a Carrera 4, you need it to be in the S. You need the extra power because you do have the extra weight, correct? Yeah, I guess so. But apparently I also read that the 997, uh, the because Nick's car, Nick's car had uh, had PASM, mm-hmm. but it said that the uh, 997 had an updated version of, of the PSM system as well to offset the extra weight on the road. Right. So I guess the 997 was all, you know, it was it was still quite advanced for its time when it came out, yep. uh, the Carrera 4S, uh, Carrera 4, Carrera 4S, um, and it had all these features to actually adjust the drive and to, and to compensate for the four-wheel drive system. Correct? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm getting off track here. I'm getting a little bit off track. But anyway, um, the feeling for me, and the feeling for me is it was a bit weird because, you know, Nick's car had, had PASM. Um, so I don't know whether it's because of the sport button and the PASM that I was feeling the difference because of the suspension. What was he driving? I don't know whether it's normal diff- mode or sports mode? Sport sometimes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. when it stopped raining. Yeah. Um, so I think, I don't, I don't know, I think. You know, my car, it's hard for me to get the, to get a proper comparison because my car has the lowered springs. It has the um, OEM shocks, but it does have the tech, whatever those tech, whatever the springs are, it has the lower springs. Yep. Um, mine doesn't have PASM. So that could be, I guess that could be the difference that I was feeling. It could be the difference that I was feeling, yep. but I'm not 100% sure. But it did feel, like I said, it did feel more planted. Of course, it also felt a lot more, uh, it felt a lot more powerful than my car. It just felt like it had a lot more pulling when he put his foot really down. Really hard for you to tell, though, um, like, isn't it? Because as a It's hard as a passenger, yeah. you know, because, yeah, when you're a passenger, it always feels a bit faster Everything than when you're actually so in control much faster. of the car. Yeah, I reckon as a passenger. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I checked the 0 to 100 kilometer time or whatever is the 0 to 100 kilometers, isn't it? It's 4.7 seconds uh, for the uh, 4S. Mm-hmm. I think mine's about five seconds, so maybe it's a little bit. A little bit faster, but it is also comparing an S with us with a exactly. base, you know what I mean? So it's a bit hard to compare it, but you know, the like I said, the wider rear is a good selling point. Uh, what else did I have? I mean, is the is the Carrera 2 a purer drive? I don't think so. I, I mean, it's a matter of choice. I think we just want to leave it as a matter of choice. And you know, I think if you found a Carrera 4 or Carrera 4S, you wouldn't walk away from it if it was well spec. Uh, if it has, you know, if it has good spec and stuff, I think you wouldn't, you wouldn't walk away from it. Yeah. I mean, I'm quite a fan of the, as you know, of the 996 Carrera 4S. Yep. Um, and Natasha's boss uh, years ago had a Carrera 4. The Carrera 4 in the 996, I think, was got rid of in about the 2001 model. I think they, they got rid of the Carrera 4 and made it the, and just had the Carrera 4S in the lineup. They didn't actually have the Carrera 4 anymore. Right. They, they got rid of it. They deleted it. Yep. For, that was for Australia. I don't know whether it was worldwide, but for Australia, they definitely did delete it. Yep. And you can see, you know, it, it's quite interesting because the Carrera 4S is actually uh, increasing in value. It's appreciating quite a lot. I mean, those could be had for around 55 grand not that long ago. Uh, in Australia, the 996 Carrera 4S is sitting. The cheapest one I think you can get at the moment with reasonable kilometers is about 79,000 Australian dollars. Yeah. And then there's people wanting, you know, up to 190,000, 93,000. In fact, there was a guy that had a blue one for sale in Australia, Steve. Right. Carrera 4S. And he upped the price by 15,000. He had it on sale for quite a while. Yeah. And then he upped the price by 15 grand. It's still for sale. 
Um, Interesting strategy. But there is a really good priming. Yeah, it's a weird strategy. People, I, I don't understand people put that on car sites. You get an email when the price has changed, even if they put the price up. So you get a price saying the price has changed. It's like, but that's gone up in price. Yeah. That's not a selling point. I suppose to your point. But there's a really nice. I, oh, mm. Sorry, I was just going to say, like, that's very similar to 993s where um, uh, the. C4S was a wide body, it, and it's not. I think it's not just for the fact that it was a wide body, but um, it was basically like a turbo without the turbos. So it had um, bigger front brakes. You know, I think it was a slightly kind of lowered suspension. The body, the front end, looked nicer. It had all these kind of bits and pieces, so you kind of felt like you were getting um, like all these quite desirable extra sort of features. And I think that's the same in that 996 that you're talking about as well. So it's, it's pretty hard to kind of delineate whether or not that's about, you know, the, the four wheel drive versus real wheel drive aspect, or it's actually like the package of all these kind of extra little bits and pieces that make the some of the, um, you know, put the, put, put the whole car together. Yeah. And, and because they're an older, you know, the 993, C4S and the 996 C4S are obviously, you know, catching, getting good values. Mm. But it's a time thing, I guess. I guess they are in the classic status now. The 996 is in the classic status. Yeah, the absolutely. 997 isn't yet officially by Porsche. It's not officially a classic. So it has to be how many years old for a classic? 20 years old, right? I don't know. Is it? I think I think it is. I think it's 20. When it hits 20 years, it becomes classic status. So on, if you go to the Porsche website and it's got classic models, then it becomes part of the classic. And then that's when they're going to release one of those ridiculously expensive um, head unit upgrades. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Which, which if I had a 996 or an air-cooled, I would buy because you know, <laughs> I'm stupid. Like I actually like the idea of it. I would buy it. How much are they? I was watching a video actually. I was watching a video... Um, I forgot the guy's name and I should remember it. Oh, he's got a 993 and he was doing the, the switch out. Uh, he was doing the switch out of his, he bought a 993 and it had an aftermarket system yep. in it and it was awful. Yep. And he was doing a switch out to a Continental system, which comes yep. with a Porsche sticker, which is obviously cheaper than getting the Porsche one. Yep. And literally it was so easy. Like you look at the, you know, he's literally just pulled the old one out the two plugs and it's just plug and play. You just plug the the new one back in and it just works. Yeah, I put a Becker in my so just got rid of um, which was a really good sort of head unit. Like, um, and it was the one that everybody was sort of after because it looked sort of factory in terms of the color of the everything sort of lined up. It 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 looked really good. Um, and like even they they became really sought after and really rare because I think they um, mm-hmm. Becker stopped making them. Um, all of that sort of stuff, I don't know. The Continental one's quite popular too, though, isn't it? Yeah, um, so I sort of read, I think, because um, Becker was sort of discontinued. Same with um, Blaupunkt, I think. Yes, yes, I've seen that. That's for the 912 as well. They're always, always going on about old Blaupunkts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what else? Um, the other thing I didn't mention, we didn't mention actually, <laughs> um, was the frunk size. Because the frunk is smaller in a 997 C4. Um, Not as deep? I don't think it's as deep, but Nick opened his, and honestly, I, I couldn't tell the difference. I mean, it had things in the trunk, in the frunk, mm-hmm. um, but I couldn't really tell the difference. But apparently it is smaller. I don't know how much smaller it is, Yep. Um, but it is actually smaller. But, you know, uh, for the for the four-wheel drive system. Mm-hmm. I guess the C, was the 964 the same? Was it smaller uh, in the front? I didn't have anything to kind of compare it with. I don't think I ever actually ever came across... Um, a mate or anybody with um, just the two-wheel drive version. I, I knew one other guy that had a um, 964, but I believe he, his was a um, C4 as well. 
There were, it, right, I think right. just back in those days too, there were. It seemed like there were far more fours than there were twos, and I have no idea what it is now. Like they're so, they've become so sort well, of sought after. Like you, you mentioned in the mm-hmm. podcast, like you know, I've only sort of been talking to you live on these things, like um, for a couple of weeks, but um, I actually didn't realize that um, nine six fours were more expensive than nine nine threes. I still can't fathom that. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then the price differential between a 964 Carrera 4 and a 964 Carrera 2 is insane. Yeah. And you saw the one and you sent it to me and I'd seen it as well, the Wimbledon Green yep. 964 Carrera 2, which is for sale in Porsche Den in Melbourne in Australia, yep. and he's got 220000 Australian dollars on it. Which is crazy. Um, so people who are listening should do the conversion, but it's only got 30,000 kilometres. Yeah. It's 30-odd thousand kilometres, I think, but it's like 210000 220000 Australian dollars. Now, the highest I've seen on car sales, which is a car site in Australia, there was another one been for sale for a while. There was one originally, I remember, for 165, mm-hmm. uh, which was also in Wimbledon Green, but I think it had more kilometres. I don't think it's the same car. And that sat there for a while and that sold. But even the other ones, the Carrera 2s are about 150, the Carrera 4s are about 120. So there's about 30000 Australian dollars difference. Yeah. yeah I'd look, I, I, we've probably wandered into 964 territory quite a bit in this kind of conversation, but um, I think just finding a Carrera 2 in a 964 is really difficult, like a coupe. A coupe well, sorry, in yeah. a, a Carrera 2 manual coupe um, would, like, when I owned mine and when I owned my 993, I sort of stopped looking at 964s um, after that, but... Um, I have a feeling if you're talking in Australia, like trying to get your hands on one of those would be like pretty hard. Which is which is comes back to the nine nine three, right? We'll just go to the nine nine three nine six four thing. You go look at nine nine threes, you know, you come across Carrera Carreras mm-hmm. and you know, there's not a lot of manuals, but you come across Carrera manuals. Yep. But you don't really see a lot of C four S manuals come up or C two S's manuals come up. You know what I mean? They're actually almost, they are actually rarer. Obviously, the C2S, because that's one everyone wants, the 993C2S. Mm-hmm. But even the C4S in manual, not many come up. I don't know whether, I don't think it's because people weren't buying them. I just think that people maybe just hold on to them. Is it possibly also similar to like um, the sort of Ferrari analogy that, you know, like if you were getting into uh, sort of like a 360 or then you get into a 430, um, the F1 transmission was sort of like the epitome of kind of like that was cutting edge technology in the day. So if you kind of yeah. bought into it, then, you know, it's almost like you're a fool to kind of go and buy like a manual. You you have to kind of get an F1 transmission. So I wonder if it's mm. sort of similar in terms of, um, yeah. I don't know, maybe, speculating. maybe. I mean, I think the thing that ha- I think the thing with the Porsche market is you never really quite understand it. Like it's really hard to work out the values, isn't it? It's really hard to see. And when things... And like we've discussed before, I think I might have discussed before we did it together, but, mm. you know, when the value goes up, it goes up really, really quickly. And if you miss out, you're going to miss out. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like you said with the 964, how quickly they went up in price, how they just went like that. Yeah. You know, I remember seeing them. I remember seeing your white one for sale and I told, and you'd seen it as well on car sales. And this could be going back, I don't know how many years, maybe it's longer than I think. Mm-hmm. And I remember it, had, it was listed at 65 and you said, that's a lot for 65. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I remember when it was listed at 65, mm. 65 or 70, I think it was, you know, years ago. Well, and now, you know, I think yours I, in manual, even Carrera 4, you know, it's 130 grand. I paid heap. I think I paid significantly less than that 
for mine as well. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I was kind of going, geez, that's a lot of money. This is the thing. You've got to buy what you like. You've got to buy what you like no matter what it is, whether it's a Porsche, whether it's a watch. You buy what you like. If it goes up in value, fine. But you've got to buy what you like because you have to enjoy yeah. it. You don't just chase something because it's because what the general opinion is saying you should exactly. buy. You know what I mean? And we were talking, and you know, let's come back to the, the Rolex Submariner. The Rolex Submariner is a good example of that, that everyone wants a Submariner and everyone's wearing a Submariner. But, you know, there's so many other watches in, in Rolex that you could buy which are just as good. Mm-hmm. Particularly when you're shelling out that kind of money. Talking about watches very quickly because it's not a watch, watch podcast, but uh, I emailed uh, Watches of Switzerland here in London and they didn't have the Rolex Explorer 2 Blackface, but they actually have a Milgas if I want a Milgas. Oh, cool. Which one? But I'm not going to buy it. Uh, blackface, green glass. I like those. I really like those. Blackface, green glass. It's not, it's 6,000, so it's AD price, so it's, you know, and I get VAT off, so it's 6.6 six and then less 15% VAT or whatever they're, it is because I don't live in London. They're not um, special editions, are they? No, no. They, they never were? But that was the only... Hmm? Were they ever? They never mm, were? Uh, I don't know. There's the Z, the Z one with the blue, with the blue face. Uh, I'm not sure which one that is. That's the one I was thinking of. But this is the black face. I prefer the black face. The black face with the green glasses. It's a beautiful watch. Yeah. I've just never been a huge fan of it myself. I'd like it. I, 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 really? Yeah. Well, you can get one if you want it. I'll buy it for you. <laughs> Will you? <laughs> Fix me up later. <laughs> Fix me up later. 6-6. Six, six. Less, less uh, tax. Hi, hi, my wife, if you can hear me through the door. <laughs> Tempted. Think about it. Think about it. Um, there's one other thing which I haven't discussed, and, and we're getting to the end of this podcast, but I just <laughs> want to bring it up. The exhaust. Um, now, I was always led to believe... Um, and I don't know whether Darren Fister listens to this podcast. I know he's listened to one, I think, but I don't know whether he listens to it regularly. But <laughs> I was always led to up. believe. <laughs> I was I was always led to believe that the Fister exhaust was basically the Porsche sports exhaust, uh, always on. You know what I mean? So your little exhaust button, you put it on. On the, if you've got the PSE, then the Fister is basically the uh, basically the same sound as the PSE, but it's always on. Oh, I thought it was loud. Um, My impression of it was a Fister. The Fister? Yeah, Fister's louder than um, ah, PSC. Okay, that's a good point. Because I found that, uh, you know, I think Nick's, uh, Nick's exhaust on his car mm. sounded really, really good. But it was definitely not the same tone um, as my Fister sports exhaust from FD Motorsports. What's the difference? Um, I think the PSC sounded deeper. Deeper? I think it's a deeper sound. It's not as burbly. Um, when you put your foot down, it sounded different to me. It didn't have, I don't want to say it wasn't as raw yep. because it was a really good sound, but it definitely was not the same sound as the fist. So not, not as rumbly and not as growly? Maybe what you just, yeah, maybe what you just said, because you just said um, that you always thought the fist was louder, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always thought the PSC was um, supposed to be like nice, but not... Uh, not as aggressive as a Fister. Oh, okay. Because I, I don't know why. I always had it in my head. And, and when people ask me, I always say, well, basically, it's the Porsche sports exhaust that's always on. But I have to say now Similar. it's the Porsche sports yeah. exhaust that's always on, but it's also a bit louder yep. and it's also a bit more... Better. I like the word raw because it, to me it sounds like it's rawer. Maybe it sounds like a mod. Maybe it sounds more that you can tell it's not a factory exhaust. So which is better? You know what I mean? I don't know if one's better over the other, but it's different. It didn't sound as loud in the cabin as mine. The PSC doesn't sound as loud to me in the cabin. Um, I didn't have the window open, though, but even with the windows up, it didn't sound as loud. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I thought I'd just throw that in because I know I always say that it's, uh, you know, it's the same and it, it, it wasn't. Is um, Nick happy with his? Yeah, he is. He is. I mean, I think if you, if, you know, like I said, if, you, if you're out looking for a 997 and you come across one with the leather dash and with a Porsche sports exhaust, I'd say, yeah, do it. Mm. You know what I mean? I'll, you know, those sort of options. I think the key options on a 997. I mean, I like, you know, I don't know why I didn't notice in your car and I don't know whether your car is different, Steve, but so. I didn't realize when you have the leather uh, dashboard, yep. it actually like that line of stitching, it goes on the doors, which I've, you know, on the top of your doors, yeah. of course, yep. the stitching. Yep. And then it also goes to the back goes around the back yeah it does as well. but um you wouldn't have noticed my car because my car doesn't have back seats yeah so i i, I did notice that and and I'd, you know it's it's it is nice actually that that option i mean that's the one thing that you can't really do aftermarket change your dashboard i know porsche you can buy the the part the dashboard part directly from porsche mm, and some coast sell the you oem could. part you could but it's about 6k it's about 6,000 us that dashboard no 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 you can have it retrimmed well, i had my 993 um done um, but they have to take it off, though. It's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I was looking at um, uh, what's Linus's L. What's his company name? Design LS. Design LS. Design LS Limited in the UK. On his um, Instagram. Who we get our leather parts from. Yeah, on his Instagram, he just posted um, a retrimmed um, 997, like the Alcantara console. Um, looks really good. He did a good job. And I'm just looking at pictures. I saw that. It's, um, I saw that. Yeah, I, I forgot to kind of mention it to you because I reckon for sure um, he, his uh, workmanship looks um, pretty kind of spot on. Um, no, his workmanship, I meant to tell you, um, I saw Nick's, uh, the two things I mentioned, I've forgotten two things here, two important things. Mm. Um, the center console, uh, Nick had his done by Linas, a design LS, um, and it looks fantastic. The leather is it looks to me like it's the factory leather. It looks like the one I bought, my OEM one. Yep. Um, the stitching that you asked me about, it's not as bright in real life. I think he uses a lot of strong lights in his showroom yeah. so he can get the contrast to show you the black leather so he yep. he bumps up the lighting or something. Yep. Because the stitching is, it's definitely not as bright as those images when you see it in real life. It looks like the factory stitch. Yep. Um, the quality is really good. The crest is pretty good. Um, I can tell the difference because I have the original one. Yep. Um, and the original one, I think it's sharper. It's like the edges are sharper on the on the outline of the crest. Um, but to anyone who didn't know, you would just think it was factory. Yep. Uh, on Nick's car, it works in well because he's got the crest on the headrest. That's another option that the person went for that originally bought his car. Mm-hmm. Um, so that looked good. And then the other thing that I've been harping on about for episodes and episodes is the stainless steel sills the porsche oem stainless steel sills and you sold them? so i saw those because nick actually yeah yeah they're really good mate they're very very good um they're, they're more brushed than i thought they were mm-hmm. they're silver but they're not really bright silver yeah they're not sort it's, of shiny it sort of has yeah. a different yeah it's it's brushed finish it sort of has a separate tone to it the 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 logo with the carrera or carrera force 4s or whatever car you have it's slightly recessed yep and like it's a white sort of like perspex sort of material that's underneath. Isn't it etched? Um, so it's a different material no, altogether? Yeah, it looks like a different material. Mm. So when you put your rubby finger across it, um, you can feel the letters. It's like cut out. And then underneath that, it's like it's got some kind of white perspex oh, okay. or something material to me. Yep. That's that's what it appears to be. I don't know. I have to see the back of it. But I didn't ask Nick about the back of it before he put them on. But that's what it appears to be. But the quality is, you know, for the money, for 300 quid or whatever they are, um, I managed to get a discount code from Design 11. I, I put it in my cart and then forgot my cart, so they've sent me a discount code. I think it's about 8% or 7% off. 
um, so I can actually get it slightly cheaper. I think they're about 300 pounds uh, with VAT. But still dear. definitely a great option, and they but they look great, Steve. They really do look good. Yeah. So I'm going to get them. Okay. And that's about it. Sound, sounds pretty good. Sounds like a good trip. What else? So, yeah, it was good. It was good. It was good to get out of London for a bit. Uh, made me miss my car even more, though. Yeah, I'm not surprised. So to sum up, Carrera 4, Carrera 2, um, in my head, um, I would pick the Carrera 2. Uh, and that's not a purist standpoint. That's purely because, for me, I like, I don't know. I like I like the career. I like the feel of the career too. Um, but if a career four came up, if a career four S came up, like I said, I would probably buy a nine nine six career four S because I think there there's something about it. Um, so I'm not against the the four wheel drive system. Um, but in the nine nine seven, I'm happy with the the career two. Um, and I think basically you have to buy what you like. Don't fall into the thing of um, common opinion or, or forums opinion. I mean, read them you know with a grain of salt, so to speak. Uh, and just go with your heart and just go with what you enjoy driving, don't you think? Yep, I absolutely agree with that. And I'd I'd pretty much echo exactly what you just sort of said. I I sort of feel like now in Sydney, um, where I you know, I live, you used to live, you probably don't need four wheel drive. Um, the climate doesn't really warrant it. Um, which is another reason why I would sort of skew skew for a, um just a career or two, but if a brilliant yep four came up then i wouldn't um balk at it either so i think if you're looking at and i'm not going to go to 964 because i think maybe there is maintenance costs that are too high but i think 993 obviously the career 4s is very popular uh 997 career 4s is still very popular because it's got the wide body i think what steve said due to all the technology and driving modes and tire technology now i think when you get into a 992 probably even a 991 right even from a 991 you probably don't need the four um but I think in the more classic, and we'll call the 997 a classic, even though it hasn't reached classic status, it's still, you know, don't overlook the four if you find a good one. If you find a good one, low kilometers at a good price. The point one, I think, I think the general consensus, even though the point one has IMS issues and people always harp on about you should buy a point two nine nine seven, it seems the general opinion is that the point one, from a driving perspective and from a sound perspective, is actually still the better generation of the 997 and people are probably going to get angry yeah, I was going to say that, but I think <laughs> people are going to come for you with but do you think that I mean it seems like it seems like the sound though it seems like the the change in the the changes they made in a point two also impacted the sound of the car in a 997 the feel of the car yeah is that true I don't know I have a not enough experience my uncle again um was in the the difference in the engine was um direct injection right correct um I thought it altered the sound slightly. I'm not sure. I okay. I, I never drove his car enough. I never flogged it, sort of thing, to kind of get any any sort of sense of you know the two wheel drive, blah blah blah. That hence what I said at the beginning of this conversation, which is the defining thing for me is like I, to be honest, I every time I go to my uncle's car, it's like I still don't really understand why he bought a PDK. <laughs> yeah, the PDKs, and that's the thing. If you're going to buy whatever you're going to buy, C4, C2, get a manual. Don't buy, well, don't buy a 997 in a PDK. Yeah. Don't buy a Tiptronic PDK. I guess... Let's be honest. Don't buy a 996 in a Tiptronic, let's be honest. Oh, don't buy a Tiptronic. Definitely don't buy a Tiptronic. But, um, no. Yeah, I guess people... PDK in 991? I, I, I say that with regards to my uncle. Like, I feel like I can judge my uncle. I can't judge anyone else because he's a blood relative. <laughs> um, mm, mm, I, mm. I say that more just because, like, I know how enthusiastic he is about cars. I know how good he is with a manual 
you know, shifting a stick, all of that sort of stuff. So I just couldn't quite fathom yeah. for somebody with that kind of mindset how often he drives it, blah, 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 um, why he opted for um, a PDK over a manual um, in both his 993 mm-hmm. and his 997. He still says to me yeah. that if he kind of got one these days, look, he's getting a bit older now, so maybe that makes a bit more sense, but he enjoys he enjoys driving manuals, so go with it. Well, I know that um, James at Auto Amateur, when he bought his 991 PDK, he, he sent me a message and saying it's fantastic, you know, it's great, the changes are so quick, it's, the experience is still there, you know, and he, he came from a 997 manual mm-hmm. and he went to the 991 PDK. But I think his has got the, the special Sport Plus button or whatever it is. I think he's got the special one. I just one, miss it. The better one. Even though I'm not a brilliant driver, just the act of kind of, you know, being able to kind of row through gears and all of that sort of stuff. It's just different. I for me, changing gears is I feel like I'm more control of the car mm. and I feel like I can slow the car down better. I know I probably can't, but it feels to me like being able to change back and change the engine, it just feels like I can no, slow I it down agree. quicker. I, think I feel you, like I have more control. That's one of the biggest things, like, um, you know, the McCann's a PDK. And um, prior to that, my wife, you know, we were driving her sort of sister's car for a bit, which was just sort of like a shitty 1.4 litre Golf TSI. And um, again, in an automatic, but they just, they don't slow down. It just sort of feels like every time you kind of put, you're pressing on the brakes, the car still wants to kind of keep going forward. Mm. um, Just doesn't You should drive, you should. You should drive an automatic, an Audi 2.4 automatic that doesn't have good brakes on it in Bahrain <laughs> when you've got to slow down from 120 when someone just pulls up in front of you. Yeah, I might pass on I that. I tell you, mate, that's very, very, very scary. But I, I find that sensation in the McCann, like seriously, like it's a, and it's a turbo as well, so it's got good brakes, but it just doesn't feel like it's kind of pulling up properly. Yeah. So your brakes are going to wear out very quickly on that car. You're going to be changing them all the time. Let's change the car. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I just want to go back to all the 997.2 owners. I'm not saying your car's crap. Yeah. It actually is fine. I just read somewhere that the sound was different between the two, um, that they changed something. S- um, S- but I also don't want people to, to steer away from a 0.1 because of IMS because, honestly, the percentage of people that have like lost their engine to IMS, and I know a lot of Americans will actually um, – a lot of American listeners will probably disagree with me mm. um, but because I think it was more, uh, more in the press in the U.S. than anywhere else in the world because of the case that they took against Porsche, oh, the owners. Okay. yeah, yeah. Um, but I think the percentage of IMS is, you know, it's so low. And, and let's be honest, every generation of 911 has an issue, doesn't it? Yeah, of course it does. Come on, let's be Every generation has some issue that's always like, oh, you can't buy it because of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like... So it's like... Mm. Also, when you read forums, let's, let's be honest too. Like, people tend to kind of post their grievances and all the negative things on forums. Like you read a lot more sort of about negative sort of things and issues, et cetera, than you do like all the kind of positive stuff. So mm, I don't know. Mm. Anyway. I mean, they're helpful. Forums are helpful. I mean, it, do, it does help you in the, you know, but you've got to listen to different sources. If you're looking for a, to buy a 911, like you said, you, you ask friends if they've got one, ask your neighbor if he's got one, go on the forums, uh, you know, contact people on social media, I guess, and ask them if they've got one. Talk and to and you've got to get mechanic. around it. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? And then specialist mechanics, you've got to get a rounded view of what's going on because you, you're just going to get one side if you just go to one source. Um, I think that's it for today, Steve. Um, we've done this podcast at a different time today. It's actually, uh, we started this at 10 o'clock in the morning in London. Steve's at 7 o'clock in the evening, I think, in Sydney. It's now 8.30. Um, it's so I think that's it. 8.30 mm-hmm. p.m., which is um, 30 minutes past my bedtime. 
<laughs> bedtime, mate. And, and you think I'm kidding. to get up at three in the morning. <laughs> Bed by eight, up by three, up by two. Uh-huh. Um, so that's it today for the Carrera Forest podcast. That's it today for the Porsche Cool podcast. Um, we've been talking about the purest choice. We've been talking about Carrera 2 versus Carrera 4. Uh, talking about my fun drive down to Goodwood uh, with a fellow UK Porsche enthusiast. And I think that's about it. I hope the sound is good on this one. We've tried something different. Um, hopefully it is better. Um, I've had a few people say that the sound's not great, but hopefully it's better, Steve. Yeah, cool. It's still probably me, but whatever. It, um, it could you're be the, very soft. I can't hear you. What? It could be the uh, <laughs> it could be the thirty dollar um, lapel mic that I'm using as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to get an XLR mic. I got to get you some equipment. Yeah. I got to somehow work out how to generate money from this podcast <laughs> so we can get you some new equipment. You could you could try. Maybe I can do a GoFundMe. GoFundMe. Let's GoFundMe. Patreon. Get, Steve, get Steve some new equipment. Stop. Or you could what stop you spending money. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell you what I bought. Oh, I bought um. I bought, uh, no, I didn't buy anything. I'll talk about that in the next episode. <laughs> talk about it in the next episode because we've gone far enough today. Okay. Um, but thanks for listening. Uh, like I said, my name is Michael Bath. Um, Steve's on the other end from Sydney, Australia. Um, this is a Portugal podcast. It goes live. Um, I was thinking about putting this one up tomorrow, but I think I'll leave it to Friday. It's Tuesday here in London, but I'm going to put it up every Friday because if I do it on a routine, then people get to know the routine. Um, so you guys get to know the routine. So we'll put it up on Friday, I think, Steve. Yeah, cool. Um, but this is a Portugal podcast. Like I said, you can listen to it on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to it um, on all the major podcast platforms. This, uh, If you're listening to this on Apple or Podbean or Spotify or Google at the moment, you can also listen to it on uh, YouTube, but it's just audio only. Some people like that, so that's where it is, and that's on my YouTube channel, Michael Bath. Um, but apart from that, Did, thank you, Steve. Didn't you have to thank um, people that said nice things about you on didn't you get a couple of good reviews as well? You know, well? see, I, I have to clarify that, right? When I did the shout-out about reviews, I said <laughs> anyone that wants to give us a rating or review, yeah. it would help. I never said to give me a positive <laughs> rating or review. You know that, right? No, I didn't. I actually don't ask for people to give oh. positive. I say just a rating or review because it helps. I know. I'm just taking you know a piss. Mean? Whether it's good or bad, it helps. <laughs> um, but we do get it. We did get... Uh, I think since my la- the last podcast, we've had another couple of reviews from people. I won't go through them today because I think we've gone over time. Uh, I might mention them in the next one. <laughs> oh, good one. Cool? Yeah, cool. Thanks, mate. Cool. Have a good one. Say goodbye to everyone, Steve. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Bye for now. Bye.